Hello, and welcome to Will at Warwick. My name is Tom Abbott. In this episode, we are looking at Shakespeare and education. Later, we will hear from Warwick student Peter Kant and actor Geoffrey Dench about a collaboration on a new play, Little Thorns. But first, Jackie O'Hanlon, Deputy Director of Learning at the Royal Shakespeare Company, spoke with Dominic Dean about the RSC's approach to teaching Shakespeare and the importance of getting physical with the plays. This is Dominic Dean from the Capital Centre at the University of Warwick. I'm joined now by Jackie O'Hanlon, Deputy Director of Learning for the Royal Shakespeare Company. I'm fascinated by uh, some of the new projects you've got involved with the Capital Centre here, and I understand you're pioneering quite new ways of learning for both students and actors in learning and teaching Shakespeare. Could you tell me a little bit about how the ways you teach Shakespeare are different to what's been done in the past? They may not be different. Our raison d'etre, I suppose, in the learning department at the Royal Shakespeare Company is that we're trying to reclaim Shakespeare so that his works don't just remain a piece of literature that we study in terms of textual analysis and close reading. That actually we look at what the experience of his plays are his words, his characters, through experiential learning. So we're up on our feet and we're tasting the words and we're finding together what this world is that we're in. We're looking, we're experiencing the interpretive possibilities of the text. If you look at how Shakespeare's been taught over the past hundred years, actually there may not be that much difference. You know, I'm not saying that there is, there is um, universal bad teaching of Shakespeare by any stretch of the imagination. But there is a tendency to teach Shakespeare with students sitting in their seats and looking, reading a text as if it's a novel and engaging with it as you would engage with a novel. Um, and what we're really eager for students to do is to be up on their feet exploring these texts as we would in rehearsal. And the rehearsal room is a really interesting metaphor to look at in terms of how we how we learn about Shakespeare and how we teach Shakespeare. Because what we do in rehearsal, obviously, is we have both things happening. We have... Um, very deep textual analysis where we will sit around and we will really analyse a piece of text and what it means and we'll look at different editions and um, have the quartos and the folio and um, different editorial takes and make decisions on you know, which, which interpretation we want to make. So we have that kind of in-depth process going on but we marry that with being up on our feet and exploring what those interpretive choices feel like. And of course, as soon as you engage your body in learning, different kinds of things happen. I think what we're trying to get away from is the idea that learning only happens in our heads, that actually we have this body that is a fantastic tool for learning. And if we engage that tool in our learning, particularly in play texts, particularly the richness of Shakespeare's texts, where you have the muscularity of this language that has to be um, physically experienced, um, then you, you've got a, a kind of richer learning experience, we would suggest. I'm fascinated that you've introduced the body on stage as a key kind of concept for your way of teaching, because Shakespeare, of course, in this sense, he doesn't sort of give stage directions in the way a modern playwright does. So how do you deal with um, the physical body in the absence of detailed directions from the author? What we do is we look at the clues that the text offers us and what Shakespeare is fantastic at doing is he writes in the stage direction. So if there's something he feels should absolutely be happening in the text, it, it will be written into it. But I think the, 
that's the exciting thing about what, why there are so many interpretive possibilities. Because immediately you look at a, um, a scene and the, the first question that we ask in rehearsal is, is it public, is it private? And often we're not given that information. Often that is the choice that we make. And of course the whole reading of the scene, the whole experience of the scene changes according to whether there are other people listening in on it or not. And they open up some exciting possibilities that we might not have encountered with the text if we have just read it and we have assumed a stage direction um, which, which editors might have put in. So, for example, when we're dealing with a text in rehearsal, we won't have any editorial comments or stage directions um, or suggestions of where this scene might take place because that's for us to discover. That's the work of the rehearsal room. And you're interested in um, teaching not just uh, university students but also the Royal Shakespeare Company's own actors as well. Now, this, uh, I suppose, um, provides an interesting challenge because, well, how much um, sort of academic background do actors normally come to the rehearsal process with? It really varies. Um, Some of our actors have taken a very academic route through education. They will have gone through a university process first, um, some of them have studied engineering or English or whatever, you know, they're quite diverse backgrounds, and then will have chosen a drama school route. Others have taken a more vocational route through education, and they can be quite intimidated when they come to the text for the first time in rehearsal. I think rehearsal is a great leveller, because what we do in rehearsal process is bring in academic expertise, In because ter- we will often look at, well, we will always look at, what was the historical context in which this play was being written, and what resonance might that have for our world today? Um, Michael Boyd is always asking, you know, where is Mary Queen of Scots in the text? He's always, you know, he's, he's kind of fascinated by the Elizabeth Mary James relationship. So he has quite a historical approach to the text, you might say then. Not in his approach to the text, but in, in the breadth with which he comes to the text. It's not that we don't look at what has happened before. You can't, at the Royal Shakespeare Company, pretend that other productions haven't happened. And also, these were written at a particular point in time. And there may be some, there might be some interesting seeds within that that we can bring in in our work today. So it's not just that we'll be looking at historical context. You know, in Richard III, for example, we had the Director of Liberty come in and talk to us um, about her work and the work of liberty in you know human human rights and what how, what how do we see violation in human rights today and you know that that was all feeding into the rehearsal process going back to your original question though about what what it is the actors want to learn around teaching and learning we have um something called an artist development program happening at the Royal Shakespeare Company and this is part of Michael's bigger vision of you don't just come to the RSE as an actor and do one show and we never see you again. You're actually part of an ensemble. And the what happens in an ensemble is that you get to a place of trust with each other because of the journey you go on, where you can take more risks with each other and where you also have the opportunity to train, to hone your skills. So we're getting away from this idea that once you've left drama school, that's it, you've got all the skills that you you need. You know, obviously a musician is always practicing scales and what is it that the actor does to practice scales? So we're kind of trying to find that in the artist development program. And one of the things within it is we've created a postgraduate award with Warwick University in the teaching of Shakespeare, which is a wonderful opportunity for us to work with our acting company in transferring the deep learning that happens in rehearsals and creating workshop material out of that that we can transfer to be applicable for primary students, secondary students and also coming into HEIs as well. Yeah, so I suppose that's the other side of the coin now that we've sort of looked at the actors. What do you think students can 
uh, you know, students who are in academia at the moment learn from theatre and from actors, because after all, some of them, I suppose, maybe have never acted themselves, who are quite new to the process. I think that's part of what we're doing in this Capital Centre. We're discovering what what additional learning takes place with a student when they are engaging with the text using these kind of adapted rehears- rehearsal methods. And we've been having some very interesting conversations, particularly with third-year students, um, just yesterday about how actually their whole relationship with the text changes because they've engaged with it in this completely different way. Obviously, one of the key things is you see and experience, you see and feel the interpretive possibilities of the text. And I would suggest it's incredibly difficult to get that just from sitting and reading the text. Because, of course, you've only got your interpretive version when you are imagining that text as you read it. What's exciting about working with a group of people where we are all looking at the possibilities that a scene represents is that we suddenly see all of those possibilities. And, of course, there are an infinite number of them, and that's why 400 years on we're still doing these plays. Um, I think there is also... There's just something magical that happens. There's something that is... Michael Boyd calls it deep magic um, that happens in rehearsal. He asks questions like, can we smell this play? Which is a quite odd question to ask. Um, And I think when you first work on a play, you think, what on earth are you talking about? And the deeper, 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 deeper you go into it, you begin to understand what that question might mean. And what the students have been saying to us at Warwick is that what they've really enjoyed is this sense of going deeper into the play. What's wonderful in the curriculum here is the breadth of texts that you cover. Um, What rehearsal offers us is we we will rehearse for, you know, 12 weeks on a text. And so this process of discovering and and deepening our understanding and knowledge, we can spend a whole day working on one soliloquy. And that's not enough. There is so much to discover. And I think this is what the students do get take away is the extraordinary amount of work that the actor and director does in order to realise any performance. And there's one phrase that keeps recurring to me in this work is that any piece of performance is a piece of 3D literary criticism because of the journey of decision-making that that company of actors have had to go through. There's always some very interesting thesis that you could write on any end performance that has been created by a group of actors. And do you think that out of all the whole Shakespeare canon, you meant, mentioned the breadth of it that we cover here at Warwick, do you think that there are any texts, any Shakespeare plays which stand out as being particularly good for teaching that students or actors res- you know, respond to more than others in a physical way? We're still exploring how wide we can get with the canon. What we're particularly interested in is seeing more diversity of texts being part of the currency of of, um, a young person's experience of Shakespeare. There's a lot of research at the moment that people generally have a familiarity with up to five texts. It's kind of between one and five plays. And they tend to be, you know, we're looking at Macbeth and Romeo and Juliet and Hamlet and Midsummer Night's Dream and Tempest, you know, they're... And there's a very good reason for that because they're fantastic texts. And what we're trying to do is look at, okay, what happens if we start taking um, Lear or Hamlet into primary school? What resonances can we find there? Just trying to mix it up a little bit so that it isn't that we've got this quite narrow 
sense of um, knowledge of these few texts but we're really trying to say if you apply these principles of rehearsal to any text the ownership that we have of of that text it doesn't matter whether it's Macbeth or whether it's Titus Andronicus we can still own it. I suppose what what I was thinking of is that someone once said to me that he couldn't imagine a student production of Lear because a student couldn't play Lear whereas maybe a student could play Hamlet because Hamlet is a student and he's young and whatever but you don't think it is text specific you don't you don't think there's the need only to respond to um, a text or a character who you know who relates to yourself who you can identify with and so on. this is a process which you can use which you can apply to any text or character no matter how different they are to you I think there's a difference between performance and process and what our engagement is is with the process Obviously, if we're looking at performance, I completely agree that there is a life experience that goes with Lear. You just can't escape from it. But I think there is, in the process of rehearsal, in the process of exploration, many of us can have a response to and an ownership of scenes that Lear is in, an understanding of it. I I was part of a workshop with um, an older group of of people, where we had um, a woman who was in her mid-60s playing Cordelia against um, a much younger man who was playing Lear. And there was just something so poignant in that pairing. And of course, you would never put that on stage. We're, in our work in the education department, in the learning department, we're never looking at, this is a performance choice, this is what we're going to see as an end result. We're always looking at, what does this exploration provide us with? How does it make us see the text in a new way? What are the possibilities of the text that this experience has thrown up for us? How do you think people at different ages respond to different teaching styles in relation to Shakespeare? Do you think that there is a big difference there? I think, gosh, it really varies. It very much depends on the experience that people have had in education. I, I have noticed in in the workshop experiences that we do offer for people that we would term as lifelong learners, Um, so people who have left the education system many years ago, they adore the opportunity to get up on their feet and explore text. You know, they're they're absolutely delighted about it. Um, But it can be quite alien. It can be quite alien. And I think what we're struggling with at the moment is that we have a, a formal education system on the one hand that in a way almost doesn't encourage the creative possibilities of text. It's a quite, can be seen as a quite sedentary education system if we look at the difference between the way a classroom is constructed now and the way a classroom was constructed a hundred years ago. Actually, there isn't a huge amount of difference if you took a photograph of one and a photograph of the other, just in terms of the way the space is set up. Um, And there are... Great initiatives in education happening at the moment that, that where people want to change those dynamics, but it is a slow process. And so this is a very different way of working. Active approaches to text, active approaches to learning is still in its infancy in terms of being taken on as a mainstream method of teaching. The potential benefits of collaboration between students and actors can be significant. When Warwick student Peter Kant was looking for an experienced actor to take the part of Marcel in his new play, the chance to work with acclaimed Shakespearean actor Geoffrey Dench opened up a whole new perspective on the piece for both director and performer. I caught up with both Peter and Geoffrey before a performance of the play Little Thorns. 
Peter, I mean, Little Thorns is a is a production that you've you, you've scripted and, and put together. Can you tell me a little bit about the production? Uh, it started. Um, it was a dissertation that I was writing this year, um, with uh, the guidance of Adriano Chaplin, who's the the playwright in residence for Warwick and the RSC, and um, and it started to take shape. So um, various different plots and, and stories came to me, and in the end, what came through was this story of a of an old man, um, sort of in his eighties who uh, had just decided one day that he would leave his life, his family, um, his wife, uh, and just, just leave. Um, and I, it, in my mind it was a, a series of, of, of wives that he'd had and um, he'd left. Every time he'd, he'd had great love, um, he'd always just leave. Um, just like that, for some reason. It's sort of uh, in his mind, he just had to move on. Um, and that's set against these two artists, these young characters who are uh, in their 20s and they've worked collaboratively um, since university and their art has always been the two of them making things together. And uh, their relationship, they're, they're in love as well, and their relationship has hit, hit a rocky patch um, and their art has also. And so they leave the city in search for inspiration and they come across an old man, Marcel, um, in the middle of a field and they start to talk to him and they hear his stories and uh, they, they find him fascinating and in the end take him back to their flat and sort of almost keep him prisoner there and use him as inspiration for their artworks. Mm -hmm. um, and so the play documents the, the way they try and create art out of Marcel, um, but also how the, the art they make is about them rather than Marcel. It's completely narcissistic and Marcel is there watching and observing this. When you were developing the play, it was something you very much wanted to do in collaboration. Yeah. And you were very keen to involve someone with experience of working in a Shakespearean environment. Yes. As part of the development. Why was that? Well, there are various elements to it. Uh, firstly, because we're placed with this fantastic new capital centre, um, and the, the thing that I was writing was quite innovative, quite new. It's not the sort of thing that goes on in a mainstream environment, such as the, 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 the Warwick Arts Centre studio there. You have to come against a panel. So I was looking for ways in which I could really um, find the, the right place for this sort of project. And I knew from the start that it had to have an, an older actor, because I, I was... You know, I hate that, that kind of acting where you have to play, you know, it's, it's so much work to play old or to try and create that gravitas which, you know, uh, older actors just have, you know, there's an instant um, gravitas to, to that, you know, in quality to the voice and to the experience and um, my mother always says that, you know, the, uh, the older an actor gets the, the better they are and, uh, and my, my father and my, my grandfather are both actors as well and they're, they're both getting on a bit as well. Um, and so, so I, I, I kind of wrote with an older actor in mind and that sort of voice and tone and, and so the Capital Centre were able to say yes you can have the studio, yes we'll give you support and we'll do our very best to find you, to find you an actor from the local area, from say Stratford and, and the RSC. So Geoffrey, you were the actor who was found, you bring the gravitas to this role and the, uh, the, the experience um, to Marcel. How have you found approaching this play as a, as a collaborative uh, project? A very, very interesting. To begin with, I was approached by phone um, about, what, ten days ago? <laughs> uh, Carol Rutter, who more or less runs, a part runner of the place, uh, rings up, she knows me, and says, Geoffrey, uh, would you be interested in playing this old man? I can't play anything else nowadays. I've got to play old man. I am old. And uh, she said, would you be interested in playing it? So I said, well... Yes, I'd love to do it, but uh, being an old man, I can't learn anymore. Oh, she says that quite all right. You can read it. Then, you know, I 
Peter sent me the script on the um, email and I read it through and thought, wow, this is a very, very interesting piece. I think it has sort of tinges of Beckett in it. And so I've said that Peter really should call himself Bucket, but <laughs> not really. <laughs> and then I came over and met the cast and I met Peter. And he sort of took me into this whole thing. They'd been doing it for some time with an, a friend of mine, uh, Richard Pascoe, and they tried to get him to carry on doing it. And of course, he disappears over to Italy on holiday, lucky fella. And so it was left to me. And I came in and met them and we read through this play. And the more I read through, the more I thought, wow, there's a lot in this play. I'm, I'm still discovering it. You know, as one does in the first sort of, first few readings that one does. And really, I know I did a performance last night, but it is the first few readings still for me. I've still not learnt it. I, I, the brain just doesn't take learning anymore. And so these allowed me to read it. And I don't know what the audience think. I don't know if it's explained to them that the, this, is, this old man can't learn it, so he's reading it. They seem to, last night, they seem to take it in their stride. Um, they've got a lot to take in their stride. They're striding all <laughs> over the place. There's, there's a lot to it. You know, I could see that they were at times puzzled, but I think we sort of, we got over the puzzlement. And uh, it, it's fascinating to do. It's nothing like Shakespeare. Uh, I didn't know that it was sort of, I, I was here being a Shakespearean actor. I'm just an actor. I don't class myself as a Shakespearean. I've only done Shakespeare for about 30 years. But, um, so it, it, it's fasc it really is fascinating to be doing it. It's wonderful. Have you found the experience of working with um, uh, what is essentially a student production has Ooh. been has given you a new way of approaching theatre, um, a different way of approaching how productions work. We haven't had long. <laughs> we've not had long. No, no, we've had about, we've had about what, eight days? About eight days. About eight if that, days, yeah. if that. Um, no, I think, you know, I, I, I look upon Peter not only as the author, but as the director. I, I you know, I, I, I respect what he says. He sort of says, you know, I think it's like this. Well, he wrote it. He knows what this man's thinking. I'm just finding out. So it's up to me to make what he says work for this old man. And uh, now and again, I sort of say, well, wouldn't it be better like this? Or a bit like that? And then say to the, the, the two lovers, you know, I think if you're going to say that, you know, look at him as though you meant it. Mm. Oh, yes, you know, and mm -hmm. I suddenly find myself sort of butting in, rather. Oh, it's, it's, so. it's so helpful. It's, a, it's such a great experience to, to be able to work like that, to have it. For, for the, um, the, two, uh, the, the three student actors in the cast as well, 
I mean, it's such a, a fantastic experience to be there, you know, suddenly having to go, whoa, okay, I've got to really lift my game. And we had the, um, we had a, a, a reading with um, Richard Pascoe, as Jeff mentioned, which was a similar sort of, they were thrown in and, uh, and, and Pascoe did his piece and, and they had to sort of go, okay, right, great. And so, and now, and now with, with Jeff as well, the, um, the, the Kate, um, who, who plays Lillian, um, has, uh, and, and Jeff have really, they've got a couple of um, scenes together and they've already, just within sort of three days, really established a great rapport and it's fascinating to watch and I know it's been a, an amazing experience for, for the actors and for me, it's just phenomenal to be able to have uh, an actor of, of, of Jeff's experience and calibre to, to giving voice to, to my words and, and, um, and having it as I imagined um, actually there, you know, working with the right ages, with the looks, with, a, with an actor who can actually perf perform know what I what I really dreamt of it's just it's wonderful yeah has the involvement of Richard and Jeff changed that dream working with Adriano he always says he says uh, f your vision is what he tells me the whole time um, and that that's the way you have to work and um, I think there's that's a good piece of advice because you know what is your vision I mean you you, you, uh, you what you have there is on stage is, is what makes the the theatrical experience and you get what you know what you can from the assembled elements actors you know and, and that's what's so exciting about theatre you know you're not trying to try, trying to create something completely perfect that fits you know that create, creates this perfect picture um, that you have in your mind it's it's real it exists there and you and it's great that it's you know it has the kind of a rough feel to it and it's sort of and, and, and you know even getting Jeff in at the last minute and, and sort of uh, with, like you said, sort of eight days, it, it, it's something about it which actually, you know, you just go, oh, that's fantastic, because these artists are just dragging um, this, this man off, off out of the fields and putting him in their, their um, sitting room and making art about him. And it was a similar, similar sort of thing. Which, uh, I was being dragged in, <laughs> out of the wild, into this environment, which is a wonderful environment. And I'll, they, I'll, they I'll, are smashing to work with. You know, they're a couple, and... We get the laughs, and I think, you know, we have the laughs together. Uh, I'm sure Shakespeare worked exactly like this. He had his company, who knew him well. He knew that the more he worked there, and worked with them, because he was an actor, the more he learned about them, and brought their characteristics into his characters. You know, and... Mm. The, the, you know, exactly as in... Uh, oh, what was the film? Um, Shakespeare in love you know it's sort of oh I can't say this line what am I doing here you're digging a grave but you know you can't have a grave digger who's who, who's making jokes oh yes I can you know and that's another joke you know I'm gonna put in and you know I think it's it's a case of working with people I think Peter is is fascinating it's it's fascinating to see him working and suddenly saying oh that's what you make of my lines. And then sort of trying to bend us to his, his way of thinking and us trying to bend him to our way of thinking about his lines. Mm -hmm. And uh, no, it's, it's a fascinating study. I like it. I like it. I, I worked some time ago, I worked at a drama school in London and there it was a case of me telling them, trying to tell them how to do... Uh, the Scottish players it happened, you know, and they kept discovering things and it finished up as quite a love play. You know, a play about huge love, physical love. And 
I was sort of pushing them that way, and they suddenly said, "Oh, it's like that, is it?" You know, and so I think it's it's learning on both sides, and in that process, a play grows. It's like a plant; it it grows, you know. And suddenly, when you get in front of an audience, you hope that the blossom is going to come out. So it's like that, yes. I was going to ask actually whether you about the character of Marcel and the kind of situation that you're involved in with this production that you as a as as a as an elder an uh, elder actor <laughs> working with um, a group of younger students is is very similar to the position that Marcel finds himself in yes. within the play. Do you kind of is there a, a kinship you feel with the character? Oh yes, indeed, yes. But then you know I've uh, all right. I've had a couple of wives. I've not walked out on them. I have never walked out on my wife, either of my wife. And uh, one's coming to see it on Wednesday. Uh, so, uh, you know, that part of Marcel is not me. But, all right, you know, one can, one can think like that. Mm. One can think of being like that. But also working with them and suddenly, when you're on stage, you know, meeting eye to eye, you suddenly think, ah, you know, I'm getting through to this person. And they think, I think they're thinking, oh, oh, he's thinking, you know, he's thinking like that, is he? And uh, there's a lot of that goes on. And the more one works with young people, the more you learn about yourself. And they learn about themselves. I think it's, it's an, it's, you're, you're always discovering. Never stop discovering. Every night you must discover something new. I think that's one of the good things about acting. You're not fixed. You've not got a director who suddenly says, right, that's it, cut, we'll print that. And you can't change it. Film, you, can, you, you can't change. Acting, you change every night. Peter, what have you discovered? as part of this project? It's so many things. Well, firstly, because it was, uh, it's my second play I've ever written. I took one to Edinburgh last year, um, which was another rather, um, should we say, ambitious endeavour. So this one was put on around a tree outside for two weeks in Edinburgh. Um, in the rain, the wind, the drunks, um, the little sort of the Chinese fest, um, sort of festival running across the, the field, and the, you know, interrupted by everything and anything. Whereas this one, you know, there was sort of a, a double element. We have the, um, the sort of the great privilege and surprise and 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 uh, and just kind of phenomenal element of having having Jeffrey come on board. And and then there's we've also got this media element. So a, a whole set of of television screens, sort of about twenty blinking on and off and. And I've sort of learned that maybe not to not to maybe do so much. <laughs> um, I, th- I think, yeah. uh, and looking at it last night as well, and, and because it was, it's almost written as a sort of poetic monologue in a way, and that's what I started off wanting to write. But then, of course, I sort of thought, well, poet, poetic monologue with four characters um, and with television screens, and uh, we'll do the. Other. So I, I just think um, it's it's wonderful to be able to 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 just try these things and to really experiment. And I've had such fun with the experimenting and, 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 uh, and working um, with, with, the, with the students and with Jeffrey and, and, and the video elements and all this, really sort of seeing what we can get out of it. And I think I've learnt um, a lot from that, sort of things that worked and things that didn't work so well. I mean, it's all been one massive learning experience for me. So where does that learning experience take you? What's next for uh, Peter Kant? Oh, goodness knows. Um, uh, Again, 
keep keep writing hopefully um carry on shakespeare <laughs> <laughs> um uh, i don't really know i, mean, I want to try, try and get into yes directing and uh, and writing sort of uh, i'll probably just try and do whatever i can really um a few acting jobs here and there um just that you know i'm just gonna hit, head into the city and see what hits me and uh send it off to the right places i'm gonna try and get a film of of this as well with um with Jeffrey in it tomorrow as well, so I can have that as a record and say, look, look, I had the dench and, <laughs> <laughs> and send off the script. And um, who knows? I'd love to keep going. I mean, it's what it's. A, I was talking about it yesterday to a friend. I was like, it's just a, it's just a kind of compulsion to do it. You know, you don't sit, sit. Oh no, oh I know what we'll do. So we'll do a play. It just, you know, it just starts to evolve and you get into it and you just have to keep going with it. And you, it's, it's a this sort of. It's great fun, but it's it feels you know like so, it's such a lot of work. But and you just find yourself in the middle of it. And you think, hang on, what am I doing this for? And then you just say, oh, I, I don't really know, but it's fantastic, and you keep going. So I think it's in the blood as well. I've kind of stuck with it. Um, so who knows? Who knows what? That's all for this episode. Until next time, goodbye. <laughs>